Hello, Nina. Hello. Welcome to another edition of Batten Down Podcast. I'm in my fort here up in Portland, Maine. I am in a pillow-ish fort. We are talking to you from the past. I'm just going to say that in case you're listening to this and are like, why aren't they saying anything about the election? It's because for us, the election is tomorrow. Yeah, Lauren has a pizza going, pizza prep for tomorrow. I am seasoning my cast iron because it just felt like something to do. But we are here today to discuss a movie from another time of great national turmoil. But that didn't let that get it down. And that is the movie that I recommended to you, which is The Miracle of Morgan's Creek, a film by Preston Sturges starring people whose names, frankly, I do not know. But I will say, and I want to apologize to our listeners, I incorrectly told you and Nina last week that Charles Coburn, a great actor, and he is indeed a great actor, is in this film. And I was confusing him with William Demarest, who is also a great actor, who is also in a lot of Preston Sturges films. And he plays her dad. He plays Trudy's dad. And he's great in this. He's wonderful. He's really good. I think there's a lot of almost nuance to his performance. But anyway, I just want to apologize. I speak for everyone when I say we forgive you. Thank you so much. I really, we all need to be generous right now during this time. So Morgan's Creek, it's a small town somewhere. And I think the Midwest is what we are to, to believe. It's kind of this idyllic, small Midwestern, vaguely generic town. And in it, we have a young woman named Trudy who really just wants to go to the dance with the soldiers who are there before I guess they ship off. I don't know, like war sounds fascinating. Um, But her father played by William Demarest is like, no, you will not. For all the reasons dads are always like, how, no, you will not go near these boys slash men. But she uses some subterfuge and goes to the dance and gets, has a really great time, let's just say. Is that how you would describe it? She has a really great time. She would later say to another character, some kind of fun lasts longer than others, if you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, so what happens the next day is uh, Trudy begins to suspect perhaps, and we are given many clues that perhaps the fun went a little too far and she is now married. And she also learns some other things, you know, what else does she discover about herself? She's pregnant. She's pregnant. And this obviously is a problem. Yeah. Because it's 1944. And also we should mention her overprotective father is the constable. So when I told you, however, that I was like, they handle this kind of weird situation that I wouldn't think they'd ever be able to make a movie about in 1944. Do you see what I mean? Yes. Here's what struck me was that I was like, oh, I think I suspect how this got away with the code or around the code. It's pretty much in this dynamic of like the humor is you see the people who don't know catch up. Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm explaining this well, but it's a lot of this like, what do you mean? What do you mean? And what do you mean? What do I mean? I just told you what I mean. It is very high tempo. So I can totally see where like people are like, whoa, this is just like a roller coaster and I don't know. Mm -hmm. And it's just taking me by the collar. And I guess it's fun because she's married and like nothing wrong happened technically. And there's like a lot of this dynamic of, it's very frenzied dialogue but in these very long surprisingly long scenes um like the kind of rapidity of how things get you know characters learn stuff Mm -hmm. but yeah does that make any sense 
it did make a sense. I do think that's true. Well, one thing for me is also like, I feel like that scene where she goes to the doctor is like carrying a lot of weight in a way, but doesn't ever say anything. Cause like she goes to the doctor and the presumption is that he's like, oh yeah, that he's examined her in some mm-hmm. way. Like that is what, is that what you took away from it? Yeah. But like, it doesn't say that, but that is what I would assume an audience is meant to sort of to take, mm-hmm. but like, I don't know. And part of me is like, so one thing I know about the Hayes Code is the people who read it were like, real I don't want to say yokels but like they were not like worldly people in any way also so I don't know if there's something because to me that scene is very much like she's like oh yep that happened you know like mm-hmm. and and so re-watching I was like oh yeah like I think that's what we're supposed to take from it but like there's never a moment where the doctor says that he's just like I keep a secret you're right about that doctor scene the way it's very well placed because she gets married she doesn't know the guy's name she doesn't remember because they use fake names on the certificate. And also she drinks a lot. She also bumps her head on a chandelier. You know, really fun night. So, yes, but you know, she Trudy does her best to recollect. And she, that scene, I think it's like, if she wasn't pregnant, why would they go through the fuss of trying to find the certificate? So I think, and all like, if you, you know, if you're paying half yeah. attention, you realize, oh, cause she's, you know, I do think there are a lot of really good like smaller characters like I love the lawyer too mm-hmm. the lawyer is great um the the toy shop owner or the music shop owner he's also great I do feel like there's just a lot of really good small characters and the way they respond to ones like it's very clear she's pregnant and this is happening I feel like I don't know like I think you think of all those movies from back then where like people who like transgress norms are always punished and on some level I guess she is punished because at the end she has six children that's the miracle that's the miracle. But at the same time, she mostly like ends up in theory happy and in love with normal somehow. Um, I, to be honest, when I was watching this, I was like, Ugh, I don't know about yeah. this. I got very excited. And then I was like, as I was watching, it, I was like, oh yeah, this is like an old movie. Yes. But what saved it for me and like, honestly, what like kept my attention and like, gradually like warmed me up to it is what you said there's so many great town people roles like these big parts and everyone has these great one-liners that Mm -hmm. it's so surprising and it's so even though it's like one or two lines or some people literally only have one line and you never see them again you really get a good sense of like who they are as people like my favorite Mm -hmm. interaction was like Norval when he's coming back to his house um in the morning when he's just dropped off Trudy from the night of the party and like some people see him walking in and he's like clearly like still dressed up from like I guess back then what people would identify as like evening clothes mm-hmm. and that one man's like just getting home Norval these aren't direct quotes mm-hmm. but like something like that and then Norval says something like you know how it is but he's like I do I do know how it is <laughs> and then walks off and you never see that man again but it's one of my favorite parts of the movie but no yeah so I feel like it has like the basic structure and like the like storyline kind of has to like meet certain things it does and it does go by really quickly I guess I'm not a really good I'm not like a good audience for like kind of that, that shaggy dog adventure kind of mm-hmm. plot so those like little moments between characters I just really like that so much more. Mm-hmm. 
Um, well, I think also, so I will say like, I remember watching it originally and being kind of like interested in the, in like the prospect and how they, they kind of dealt with the situation, but like not enjoying it as much. And I actually think watching it a second time, even though I obviously didn't remember a lot, I liked it more this time. So I don't know quite know why, but so I had a similar thing. I think when I originally watched it of being like, yeah, but so I, I, I was pleasantly more surprised when I watched it this time that there are all those moments and, and these kind of things. And and sort of even like the way that the ending works is like, it sets them up in this way, but it's also all very like, kind of like cynical, mm-hmm. you know? Like, And I think that is something. There's very like, yeah, here, I got my like 90 day fiance, oh, middle March fiance, yes. compromise right here. I feel like the movie is making a bit of a comment on all the effort that needs to go in to make this above board to make mm-hmm. this marriage perfect, to make these kids legitimate, to make Trudy a good girl. I, I feel like there is also a, like there is a sweetness, I think, even though it is a somewhat cynical movie, I think to the people and to the way that they like care for each other. Yeah, this really grew on me. Cause something, okay. I think I made the mistake of when I got it on Amazon, they're like, I played the trailer. And I think watching the trailer, cause I was excited to watch it, but then watching the trailer, I was like, no. Cause it was kind yeah. of, just a montage of like all the high energy slapstick moments. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I'm just, it's kind of the same reason why I'm not a good audience for most K-dramas. Like I just can't handle the like, it's not quite slapstick in K-dramas, but there's just so much melodrama and like mm-hmm. yelling and screaming when like the audience is in the know, but the characters aren't. Mm-hmm. And I just don't like that, like waiting for people to catch up. I yeah. rather have it. Be, be the other way if it could be more satisfying mm-hmm. but um so that kind of dynamic I'm just like okay like catch up Norval so dramatic dramatic irony does not work for you. I guess sometimes it might but I don't know I think the second time on this movie is really like one where it does get more charming yeah you have to really be in the pocket for this film you gotta be in the pocket oh another small role that I really enjoyed I'm just looking at my notes now mm-hmm. the lady who plays the trombone in the first party, she's great. <laughs> she's what really. She, what does she do? She's just playing the trombone. She's like part of the band, and she's like she has a lot of flowers on, and she's just really feeling it. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, because I find it really curious where like Stir just lets the kind of camera linger on people who are not main roles, mm-hmm. and yes, I find that honestly like the most fascinating part of this film. Well, no, he'll do that. So there's a very, like, there's a part in The Lady Eve I know where it just starts where I'm not even sure there's anyone there. And it's just like a random man holding an oar or something who just like wanders across the screen like a couple times. I mean, I mm. read, I once read like a thing that was also about like how Lady Eve is sort of about like movies and artifice. And so it's sort of just like this random man who keeps moving around just to be like, here we are, this is a movie. Um, but no, I think he does like to, he does have like a lot of like just little moments where I, I think he has the most fun with it. Because on some level, I think the main storyline is good, but like, I think where he really excels like, are in these little moments and these little characters and their little mo- and their little one-liners where he gets to kind of have more fun than he is allowed to necessarily uh, in this standard narrative that obviously, even as he's like, I think pushing it like as much as it can go, mm-hmm. he, is, he is constrained to, to create this like marriage plot in essence but just that goes a lot of weird ways. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. And then so like, 
I was trying to think of like films closer to our time that does that mm-hmm. kind of like, not that it's like so stark where it's like, and happening elsewhere, blah. But mm-hmm. there is that kind of segmentation. Yeah. But he really is kind of fairly indulgent with it. And even like the one the one drunk man who gets to go for a while, he's like everyone in the house. Also, I just really mm-hmm. love people who are drunk in old movies. Like I feel like it's a particular kind of drunk. And I he's so good. He's like a whole everyone in the house or he does something. He's just like, yes. Well, he's like champagne for everyone. And like in his exuberance, you know, swat to lady standing next to him at the bar. And she's very like, oh, and then he does apologize very sincerely. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. But then he turns back to the bartender. He's like, champagne for everyone. And for everyone. <laughs> it's so like, I'm like, oh, I've been this guy. Like I've been this guy a lot. <laughs> Where you're like, oh, I'm sorry. But also, but yeah, no. yeah. So I think, I think that is something. So I think he's very skillful in that way. It's probably my least successful wreck thus far. But also I was on a really good. Well, no, because I liked it. I mean, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But it wasn't quite, like, I would say that, but like, like Boomerang, you were like, oh, man, going uh-huh. on my list of like incredible, mm-hmm. like movies I can just watch or like I can be, I kind of have on while I'm doing other things. Atlantic's like literally changed your life. Mm-hmm. It did. Um, so this one is like more like it had a little more effort and it did have payoff, but still, you know, it's because I feel like Boomerang digestible enjoyable a little problematic in terms of gender but right there you know you're immediately in it atlantics it's got some more to go but the payoff is really a lot Mm -hmm. like just you know a lot and then miracle morgan's creek is like kind of a lot of buy-in you kind of gotta i guess i would compare morgan's creek to being like you know how sometimes you just really crave a peanut butter jelly sandwich Mm mm-hmm and you'll, you don't have any of the stuff to make it, but you'll go to the store just to maybe buy bread, peanut butter, and jelly. Yes. That's this movie. Okay. It's like you got to put in the effort. You got to put in the effort. What you're getting is like, it's still a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. It's going to hit that spot. Mm-hmm. It hits a spot. Okay. All right. That, that works for me. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Nina. I'm glad you took the time. Of course. Well, Also, now I just know... Like, I, I also know, I think you're one of the few people I know who've seen this movie, so. I do, I, I do like that kind of, you know, I'm in an echelon now. You are, although I did check and it has like a pretty good like IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes score, but. Okay, maybe. Who knows who those people are? Maybe these like Christian movie The people of Common Sense Media. You know, it's like these, this film, what if, it, what if this film was like a really popular viewing selection for like lock-ins at churches or. Hmm. It's like, here you go, girls. It's gonna, you're going to learn. The best case scenario of you go for a party, you have six babies and marry the dork who's been in love with you since elementary school. And that saves your soul, man. All right. Now, you know what the glop is. I do. Tell me everything about the glop. Okay, everything about the glop. Okay, so well, as you know from my previous food assignment that you gave me, the miso butter toast, I went a little too far, put a lot on there. So to avoid that, I was really specific about your instructions. And also while I was making it, I was sending you videos and images to ensure that I was doing it correctly. And I did. The one thing I will say that has been through almost every time I have made it, and I don't know if it's about my approach to oatmeal, is it always gets a little 
thicker than I think Mm -hmm. you suggest. And I often end up adding a little extra water. I do Mm -hmm. think maybe the reason why your, your glop gets a little thicker than mine Mm -hmm. is that you have the very enviable gas stove. I was wondering about that. And I have an induction kind of like, you know, okay. So it might just take a while longer for it to heat up in that way or. Yeah. Or in like, and maybe you can adjust the heat a little bit mm-hmm. or, you know, but either way, again, it's a very forgiving recipe. Mm-hmm. So if you want it thicker, you can have it thicker. So to recap, however, let's talk about what the glop is, which it is oatmeal mm-hmm. with a little maybe salt. And then you, you just kind of cook it for a little bit. You put in half a cup mm-hmm. of egg whites that makes it mm-hmm. super creamy. You described it as almost like a rice porridge, um, which has names that like I would, I can't quite oh, remember at this moment. That's what we call in Korean. Mm-hmm. Juke. Korea. Okay, how do you spell that? Uh, I guess, I don't know how it's officially Romanized, but maybe J-O-O-K. Okay, beautiful. Mm-hmm. All right, so it gets kind of creamy in that consistency. And then I think next is when you throw in the umami, like that's a key thing is the Trader Joe's umami seasoning, mm-hmm. which is a lot of dried mushrooms. And I think some onion powder, it's got a lot of savory. It's a lot of savory. There's a little bit of like red chili and some thyme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some thyme. Yeah. So you get that, you mix that in. Then I, so you talked on the last time about steaming the chicken and I do not have steaming equipment. So instead, both times, like both kind of like batches of chicken I have made, I have poached it. Also oh, great. Which has gone very well. And now I know how to poach things. So then you add some of the, the poached or steamed chicken in like little chunks, or you could shred it. But I went with the chunks yes. on your recommendation. Yes. I like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you put that in and then everything gets pretty warm. And I think this is often the time where things start to thicken up for me past the point where like, you have shown me. And I, add, I just add a little more water. I just add some water. Yeah, that's all you gotta do. All you gotta do. So you like kind of warm it up and then eventually I also start frying the egg, sunny side up, get the stuff out of the pot into a bowl. And then you add the egg on top and you cover it with a little sprinkling of everything but the bagel seasoning, also from Trader Joe's. It's a very Trader Joe's heavy meal. It is. So Trader Joe's reach out to us. Um, <laughs> so I mean, the last time, so I went actually, so first also an interesting thing is I, the first time I went to Trader Joe's to get this umami seasoning, they were out of it. And the lady was like, usually we can't get rid of this stuff. So all I'm saying is that there's an opportunity here, Trader Joe's. Glop. The glop. All right. The glop. You have also at times said that you have sometimes had bacon and I'm interested in that. And I might do that this week, but I have not yet added bacon to it. Okay. But what I think is really good about the glop, what I enjoyed about it is you just feel really full, but in a way that is not uncomfortable and doesn't feel heavy and you feel really powerful. Yes. You're like, I have so much protein coursing through my veins. Um, But yeah, so I think I did feel that way. And I was like, oh, I've also been, as we kind of talked about, as I mentioned, I have a kettlebell and I've been trying to use it more. So I am ready to embrace the beefcake lifestyle is what I'm saying. I am so pumped for you. <laughs> I'm very excited. I will say to people who are listening, this oatmeal will not pressure you into a no. beefcake st- lifestyle. It won't. You just can eat the, you can just, you can just eat, eat it. it and then be really pleasantly full for like a while. 
for like a while. It lasts a while, you know, like it's kind of, you know, know some breakfast where you eat them. And then a few hours later, you're like, when on earth is lunch happening? And I feel like this one, you know, it keeps you full. I love a savory breakfast. I feel like savory breakfasts are inherently superior, personally. I mean, in America, we love basically cake for breakfast. And I don't want to say it's the cause of a lot of our national problems, but I'm not saying it's not. (laughs) You know, like I'm just saying, I feel like a savory breakfast really starts you off right, gets you, you know, you're really focused as opposed to I think a giant muffin, which will basically be like, maybe I nap now, Um, which is not what you really want, right? The first thing in the morning. But yeah, so I think there is something also like, well, this is kind of red, uh, but when I was looking for other savory oatmeal um, recipes, a lot of them did involve mushrooms, but I do personally feel like making like or cooking mushrooms right in the morning is like not a thing I would do. Yeah, I'm not going to chop up mushrooms Yeah, I'm not going to chop up mushrooms for breakfast. So I think this is a really good way to get like that kind of flavor without having to yeah. do all that work of like, you know, because yeah, you cook mushrooms, like it releases all that water and then you have to, you know, it's a whole, it's mm-hmm. a whole thing. Yeah. But I do feel it has a really distinctive flavor because of the umami seasoning and then also with a little bit of the everything but the bagel on top. Mm-hmm. It's a, a mix because like the everything but the bagel seasoning salt it like it does have a good amount of salt, but it's very garlic heavy, mm-hmm. and it has those great sesame seeds, too, that are like I think probably toasted a little bit. A little bit. And then the umami seasoning, it's just it's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. I really like it. Yeah, I had never used it before, but now I got two things of it just to make sure. And also that's pretty good because you do put about a tablespoon of that in there, and, and that's but you a can fast. put like again. You can put less if you want, but I like I know, to I think really, it's a good, yeah. I think it's good to have that. Yeah. Cause you I mean, just have like, cause I mean, also like, as you said before, steamed and post chicken can be delicious. It's not flavorless, but at the same time, it's not really bringing a strong flavor. Right. Um, so I think you do want that in, you know, with also egg whites, you know, there are a lot of things that are relatively sort of like neutral or like, you know, mildly flavored. So I think having all that seasoning is an important part of it along with the oh, egg man. and the egg bringing all that crispiness if you do it right. Oh man. The crispiness yes. of the edge. You got to do good egg. Got to do good egg. You made this with breakfast sausage. I did. Your honor on the line. Okay. Does it taste like biscuits and gravy? It does. I knew it. I mean, also, I don't know how long it's been since I had legit biscuits and gravy, but no, it definitely does. And I will say this is the one thing. So I feel like the one, which is the chicken you're really like, oh yeah. Like I felt like I could go move like a truck or something. Like I was very full of like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna do it. And like feeling very pleasantly full, but like not that it was heavy. I will say that I feel like, yes, the one with the breakfast sausage does taste like biscuits and gravy, but also at the end of it, you do feel a little bit more like you have eaten biscuits. A lot of sausage. <laughs> yeah, like I think you are like, oh. Like it is one where I think the, the normal batch, I just eat it and I'm like, delicious. I think I, I, I do sort of like, you know, it's the thing where you get to the end where you're like, oh, okay. You know, because it is pretty, pretty greasy in a delicious way. So I think I haven't tried this version yet, but I'm excited to do it is to do the chicken with a little bit of bacon, which seems like a nice in-between. That's my, my favorite way to do it is like to do the same amount of chicken I would do regularly mm-hmm. and then add one slice of bacon. Oh, okay. It's like probably the only time in my life where I'm like, no, one is enough. Well, I feel like, this is the pull and also just about being an adult is like, I loved French toast a lot, but I think French toast even more than biscuits and gravy is the thing you look at and you're like, oh, I'm going to enjoy this. And then I'm going to really regret it because I think with, with, with French toast, it's like, there's no protein at all unless you get some on the side, obviously. 
Yeah, you could do like a little a la carte sausage. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like I'm always now, like now that, you know, I'm just in my 30s, I'm just like an old person now. But I'm all like, oh, I see the French toast, but I'm like, I just don't think I can commit. Yeah, this is a thing too where I, um, well, I don't know when this happened in quarantine, maybe in August mm-hmm. it happened. But I had to put up these post-its around our refrigerator in our pantry that just says diabetes. <laughs> and... <laughs> It's because I was just like really, you know, going ham on the Pop-Tarts and all the sugar things. And it was just like, you know, like you get kind of in this, you're like in the thrall of sugar and it takes a while to like unhook, you know, like you're like a vampire from the frenzy. So you got to learn how to unhook yourself. So I put these like very panicked post-it notes and the glop kind of saves me. Mm Because it kind of like you don't need the sugar. You need like, you know, you just need something kind of warm and savory. Yes. And no, it's really filling. it's really yeah. good for like cold mornings. Oh man. And it's so easy. Sorry, we lost check, but it is so easy to put together. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not making you wash and chop up mushrooms. The most like strenuous thing about it is just getting the meat ready and like being okay buying a carton of egg whites. Yes, I bought two cartons. Yes, see, yeah. you're on it. I'm on it. Yes, I know. Also, I just I cleaned up my fridge too. It was a whole big deal. Um, go with my other thing. I'm trying to. What was that? Oh, I've lost a train of thought. Um, oh no. Oh wait, no. So okay. So I've been trying to make plans for the winter because, as you know, we're all going to be trapped inside during the winter. But fortunately, you will have this podcast to keep you occupied, listeners. But anyway, so I've been trying to create a plan, and I even got a book about what is it, Huga? You know the the Danish oh, thing that- that's cozy. Mm-hmm. And I feel this is very in line with Huga or however you say it. The Glop. Yeah, the Glop is like very classic. Like everything is basically like I read, I got this book and it's kind of a book where I'm like, I could have guessed all of this on my own man who runs the Happiness Institute. But it's like, <laughs> we love candles and woolen socks and sweaters and good lighting and also warm food. And apparently they're very into roasted meats in Denmark. because that's where this comes mm-hmm. from. And I was like, okay, sir, but I do feel like glop is, it's your huga, which I almost, again, I think I'm maybe not saying that right. Would you recommend this to other people? Yes, I recommend this to everyone if they ask, probably if they don't ask. I just feel like I live in New England and it is very cold here. It was in fact very cold here today. The wind was quite bracing. Um, so I feel this is a good way to, a, it also feels like something that really is warming, but also it doesn't feel like, like a lot of those foods that you feel are really warming, you're also like, oh, I can just feel myself gaining my winter fat, you know, which is, don't get me wrong, a good thing to do. But still, if you have other fitness goals for this time where you get that sense of warming, but not that sense of like, I just ate 800 calories. Unless you're going to now, t- unless you're now going to tell me that it no, does No, and again, I... <laughs> Sorry, I should have re-downloaded my fitness pal, but something in me was just like, I don't wanna. That's fair. Also, can you trust anything on my fitness pal? Well, for this, for the glop, you probably could because mm-hmm. the ingredients are pretty simple. Yeah. But I'm just guessing here. I'm sorry, podcast listeners. Um, I'm guessing that this is without a fried egg and with the steamed chicken. I'm guessing this is around. I hate that I know I'm probably accurate because I did this a lot (laughs) for a few Mm -hmm. years. It's probably around like 354 calories. It is probably 27 grams of carbs 
and maybe 30 to 32 grams of protein. Impressive. And not that much fat. I don't even know if it like registers on the fat, but if you do like a fried egg or if you do different kinds of meats, like whatever, but you know, I'm not here to like sell you on the potential like caloric, whatever. And the glop again, the glop disclaimer, the glop will not make you be a beefcake. You don't have to work out. It's just something good. I am barely doing anything now fitness wise. Mm -hmm. And I eat the glop all the time. Yeah. But it, it, it supports your fitness goals if you have them. And I would, I would recommend it to others and I, encourage them to try it. It's a very simple, basic recipe. And we'll put the things on our website if people want to do it, but it is pretty straightforward. Did you, would you even recommend eating it without the egg? I would, but also at the same time, why deny yourself this pleasure of the fried egg? I mean, I'm a big fried egg partisan. I love right. a sunny side up egg that you just, then you break it and then it gets all in there. Yeah. I, so, I mean, yes, I think it would still work without it, but it's so much better with it. Oh, and I will just say, I always eat the clop with kimchi. So if okay. people who like kimchi or have it, that's what I always pair with the clop. Oh, that's nice. Oh, so you don't put it in there? No, I just eat it on the side. Oh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. That little fermented mm-hmm. goodness. Okay. Good to know. But, oh, yeah. All right. Well, um, I know what I'm going to recommend to you. Oh, I think I know. And it's, I'm going in a different direction for next oh. time. I'm going to make you do something and you may be mad and I don't care. Oh, no. I think it'll be good for you, Nina. A friend did say she was very impressed that we haven't started torturing each other yet. And yeah. maybe we're rounding that corner. I don't know. We'll see. But I, I do think this would be good for you. But it is something that I, I often recommend to people and no one takes me up on it. So now I will just make you do it. Okay. Oh, man. Okay. Well, it's going to be good. Until next time. Till next time, I hope everything's good in the country. Bye. Bye.